Hi, and welcome to Pure Pod. I'm your host, Arielle Alexa, and if you love makeup, skincare, and all things beauty, you, my friend, are in the right place. Join me on this journey as I talk about everything from skincare rituals and trends to the products that we love with some pretty amazing people in the industry. I'm so happy that you're here, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to Pure Pod, everyone. I am super excited for this episode. You know, as promised, we always say we're going to bring great guests on. And I'm really, really excited about our guest today. Meet Lila Leonida. She is a creative artist who has transformed her life from the standard, standard corporate format to a magical journey discovery. She uses yoga as a source of healing and happiness, and her commitment to truth and integrity is her guiding star in life. She is really passionate about helping others develop the skills necessary for meaningful and effective communication. And through her personal experiences and expertise, Lila inspires others to embrace their own journey of self-discovery and live life as a creative piece of art. Wow. I love that so much. Lila, welcome to Pure Pod. If you can't tell, I can't stop smiling because I'm so happy to have you. (laughs) Thank you so much for that introduction. And thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about these topics that are so close to my heart. Absolutely. So yeah, so today we're actually going to talk about the benefits of yoga, how that goes beyond the physical aspect. So what I want to talk about first is the connection between yoga, music, and art. So tell me, how do you actually view that connection? Yeah, so from the yogic perspective, this we live in a conscious universe. Mm-hmm. And so there is this, if we look around us, we can see that this creative consciousness is incredibly brilliant, right? We can see we live on this planet that is filled with things like sunrises and bird song and rainbows and butterflies and there's food popping out of the ground and yoga is ultimately about the transformation of our consciousness to align with this greater consciousness so many people think that yoga is mainly about getting the body into different postures that feel uncomfortable <laughs> and it's difficult yeah. and it's mainly for, yeah. for inst- <laughs> like great for instagram photos you know <laughs> um, <laughs> But yoga is so much more than that. Mm -hmm. So this part of yoga is great. This is what we call Hatha Yoga, Vinyasa Yoga. And it is about kind of stretching the body in such ways that energy can flow more freely through the body. Right. And when I say energy in yoga, we call this Shakti. This is the great energy that is pervading everything in the universe. And through the yogic practices, we increase our capacity to take in this Shakti into our individual body. And when that Shakti comes into the body, we call it Kundalini, which you may have heard of. So Kundalini is this ecstatic energy that comes in into the base of our spine and rises up to the Mm -hmm. root of our head. And everyone has Kundalini, otherwise we can stand up, right? This is the upward energy that we have. And when we work with the yogic practices, we increase our capacity to contain this energy. And this is that same creative energy that has created everything around us, the whole universe, the planet Earth, our bodies, our souls, everything. So really yoga is about, it's essential, like in its core, a creative energy that we are connected with. 
And so I mentioned that Hatha in Vinyasa, this is like one part of yoga. So when you go to like most yoga classes, this is the aspect of yoga that you meet with. But yeah, fundamental to yoga is meditation. So if someone has a, a daily yoga practice, but they don't meditate, then they are reducing their window into the yogic world and they are limiting the potential that they can take out of their yoga practice. So meditation is essential. Then we have what we call pranayama, and this is often called breath work. And so today we often see that breath work is marketed as a separate thing. People are breath work teachers, yes. which is great. And it's wonderful. You go to a breath work class, amazing. You receive such benefit. Yeah, and a couple before, and it is pretty transformative, I must right? say. Yeah. And so this is the power of the breath, which mm-hmm. is connecting us to what we call prana, which is our life force. And so you may have experienced some very activating breath that is like creates intense energy. It removes stale energy from the body. And then there are more subtle practices. And there's a whole spectrum in between this intense and subtle work with the breath that is able to address all aspects of our consciousness. Because we have more dense aspects, like when we experience guilt, shame, anger, like these dense emotions, right? Depression. And when we work with the the more powerful breath work, we're addressing that part of our consciousness. And then in the yogic perspective, the, the absolute truth about consciousness is that it is blissful. Bliss is the truth of our existence, pure bliss. And that bliss is always there. It is always true, but it is covered in all these layers of conditioning that we have that sends us into this more ordinary state that we have of like stress, anxiety, depression. Sometimes there's excitement and there's joy, but but it's like everything is more agitated and bliss is very subtle. Mm-hmm. This is a subtle, subtle vibration. So that's why the, the pranayama, the breathwork practices have such a wide range. Right. And then we have the kundalini practices. Mm-hmm. You may have heard about kundalini yoga. This is like a slightly different yogic system rooted in like a different geography and different lineage than the one that I'm trained in. But it's basically very much focused on activating this kundalini energy in the body. And so in those practices, we work with mantras. These are like transcendental sound vibrations that are able to correct our intellect. We use them in a certain way. Maybe we work with mudra. So mudra, you may have seen people meditate. They make like a circle with their thumb and their index finger. Mm -hmm. And so this is a mudra. There's a wide range of mudras. There's the the devotional aspect of yoga, which many people aren't aware of. Yoga includes something called puja, which is essentially worship of divinity. And this is the way to connect our heart to this greater consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. When we can cultivate love of this incredible intelligence that has created everything and that is giving us so much, our heart comes alive. Mm -hmm. And so that is an important part of the yogic process. We have a... Kirtan, which is like a part of the same part of the devotional process, which is literally music, right? Mm-hmm. So you asked about yeah. yoga, music, and art. Mm-hmm. So Kirtan is the yogic musical expression, if you will. It is the congregational chanting of transcendental mantras. It can create such ecstasy. It can drop us quickly into that bliss that is our truth always. Very powerful. Wow. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That is incredible. I was actually going to ask with my experience with music. There's a certain vulnerability there when you're creating anything, creating art, creating music, whatever it is that you're creating, that you kind of have to let go and be open and not feel worry or fear or shame 
And just from everything that you're saying, I feel like that is such a huge connection to yoga as well, where you just have to let your body and let your mind be free and be open and be fearless to receive. I think that's really beautiful. I love that. So so do you consider in your combining your artistry with your yoga practices, do you consider yoga as a form of your creative expression? And if so, how does that enhance your artistic abilities or just someone in general? So I would say the yogic practice, it starts primarily as a discipline because you're following a system that is given by the masters. And so we need to adhere to the rules. And as you advance, so as you progress on, the, it becomes more creative expression. And you'll often see that people, as they want to go deeper with yoga, they will often do a yoga teacher training. They may not have intentions to become a teacher, but it's just to learn more. And so that empowers us to be more creative in our actual yoga practice as well. Mm-hmm. And definitely when you go into the more meditative yogic practices, you have to let go. You have to surrender and just mm-hmm. allow the expression of these tools to unfold within your consciousness. But I wouldn't say that yoga, like the primary expression of it is creative. However, it addresses our creativity, right? So you may have heard about the chakra system. We have different chakras. So the second chakra is related to our creativity directly and the same as our throat chakra. And so there are many yogic practices to work directly with these two chakras that will definitely affect our creativity. Got it. Amazing. So I want to talk about the health benefits of yoga, just beyond the physical aspect, the body aspect, how do you see yoga influencing health on a deeper level? So when we look at society today, it's almost like we have normalized this state of chronic stress as something that is just accepted. That's how life is. And if you look to the amount of people who are struggling with anxiety and depression, like those numbers are just increasing day by day it seems right it's like it's also something that has almost become normalized to have these like racing thoughts spinning stories about what's going to happen what if that happens Mm -hmm. what is wrong what could go wrong the type of baseline anxiety that can be present there for me it was present my whole life I wasn't even aware of it until I came into these practices which brings that awareness right like oh my god actually most of the day I'm having these spinning thoughts there's this anxiety so There are all kinds of mental and emotional conditions that we are dealing with, and they ultimately will also manifest as disease in the body. Mind and body are considered two sides of the same coin in the yogic perspective. And so, for example, depression, this is like a very stale energy. So if you look at a a plant that is like drooping a little bit with its leaves because nobody watered it, right? It doesn't have so much prana, life force. The life force is leaving it. And when we look at depression, it's like a little bit the same, right? There's like this drooping quality to it. Like we're collapsing inward on ourselves. We don't have so much prana available to us. The quality of prana, of life force, is of happiness, of inspiration. And so in a state of depression, this is lacking. And so in the yogic practices, then when we work with pranayama and with kriyas that address that stale energy and can kind of like move that energy and pave the way for more fresh energy to come in this way we can greatly improve these conditions same with anxiety right this is a fear state so fear is related to the root chakra we have many practices that address that chakra directly and will greatly improve a person's experience with anxiety and same with stress like stress is absence of spaciousness in yoga we create spaciousness for our thoughts i've never 
I've never heard it described like that. I need to write that down. Stress <laughs> and spaciousness. I love that. <laughs> right. Yeah, because there's always something that you have to be doing, right? Yeah. And, and they even then when sorry, please continue. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say how when you're doing one thing, you're stressed because you should be doing something else. And even this bizarre condition where you're resting and you feel guilty because you should be doing something and you're That's doing something exactly and you feel guilty right. because you're not resting yeah. enough. It's just like yeah. constant I mean, stress, right? You know, it's so common, like if you speak with a friend or if you're talking to anyone in general and you say you're busy, it's a common thing. It's the norm to be busy and it's almost frowned upon to relax or to take a break or just to spend a day doing nothing when really sometimes we just need to recharge and create that space. Exactly. And yeah. I'm sure as a, as a creative, you also yeah. are familiar with this way that it's difficult to create from a place of pressure, right? There needs to be some yeah. spaciousness to, to let the thing unfold. I create the best when almost like I have no anxiety. There are no thoughts running through my head. That's when there's this space for those valuable, really creative messages to come through. So mm. absolutely. So based on, you know, all of this, can you share any stories of, and you know, the people that you've worked with or even yourself where you've actually seen this impact with yoga on someone's life? beyond the physical aspects yeah sure maybe to start with myself like for me it has been the transformation of living life as a burden where everything is kind of like something that I have to do or I should do or I must do into this perspective of living life as this dance of discovery like what is happening is happening for me it's not happening to me yeah I trust that everything is to my benefit unwanted things happen I can more easily come into this place of acceptance instead of like spinning thoughts about why and how. And like I was depression to the point of being suicidal and to come out of that with this like consistent, consistent, because when I have a daily yoga practice every day, I am brought back to this place of presence, of silence, of freshness, of spontaneous joy. So having that experience consistently is what changes the wiring in the brain. Changes the pathway. Yep. That keep telling the same story over and over. A story of negativity becomes transformed because I cannot deny this truth. I see it's working. So, yeah, there are also countless examples from the yogic world. I think what commonly happens is that sometimes we have this job, corporate job, or however it is, right? And we have it not so much because we love it, but because we don't really know how else to be in this world. So, for example, there is a woman in my yoga. We call it Sangha, the community, the spiritual community. So when we're in that place of having that job, we don't really know what else would I do, right? What is the vision? What am I called to do in this world? So in yoga, when we create that spaciousness for more subtle transmissions to come, we can also receive these visions of what is it that we are here to do. So she received the inspiration that she needs to create a retreat center to create yoga retreats, spread the glory, spread the joy. (laughs) More people come into this. And the fascinating thing that happens when you start living in this way of less resistance is you will see things just start to align more in your life, right? So now she has the vision. Suddenly there's a property for sale. She doesn't have the money, but she sees that, okay, this is the property. And suddenly the money finds their way. Like doors open in ways that we cannot explain when something wants to happen through Mm -hmm. us, which is also this living life as a work of art, right? It's not that I set out with my specific idea of what exactly needs to happen, 
I may have a vision, I may have some ideas, but it's really a discovery process, just mm-hmm. like the creative process. I can't know what the final outcome is. As soon as I define the final outcome, I limit the potential yes. of what can happen. Yes, it's remaining open to whatever possibilities there may be. And then deciding, exactly. yeah, that absolutely. That's actually one of the books that I'm reading right now. Or oh, I mean, I've, I've been reading it on and off multiple times <laughs> is Ask and It Is Given which is essentially exactly what you're talking about, you know, being in a rational state of being open to receive and of abundance and understanding that as soon as I say no to something that it's still within my limit, whatever I decide is, is what is my reality, essentially. So I can definitely align with everything that you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So now I want to talk a little bit more about... So I know when in the beginning you spoke about the different forms of yoga and that vinyasa is probably the most more common, at least for me, I would definitely say, because I see that's essentially a lot of the teachings that the yoga teachers in my area particularly do. But I'd love to learn more about, in case you haven't touched on it already, sattva yoga. What is it and how does that differ from other types of yoga? Yeah, so Sattva Yoga, Sattva is kind of the brand, if you will, that this one Himalayan master, his name is Anand Narotta, he's one of these living masters, he's absolutely brilliant, genius. Anyone has opportunity to go to India and train with him, I highly recommend it. it is Please tell us fun. about him, tell us about that experience, I would love to hear it. Yeah, so with people who have worked a lot with yogic practices, their consciousness is completely different than ours. Their shakti, their power is so much more than ours, right? So he can transmit things into his classes that most people cannot. So his yoga classes are transcendental journeys, right? So he knows exactly how to take us through this journey of clearing the stale, peaking, and then coming into some subtle meditation that allows you to touch divinity directly in your heart. And there is nothing like that. So what he's doing, though, so Sattva is the brand that he has mm-hmm. established. But really what he's teaching is that there is nothing like special about Sattva. It's just that Sattva is the comprehensive, the complete set of yogic tools where many other schools have, he calls it reductionist mm-hmm. on yoga because they teach either only vinyasa, only breathwork, only kundalini, right? So this is a complete package, has all of it. And it makes it so much more potent. It's like you take... Not just hot up plus grasswork plus kundalini, but you multiply it. So you get tremendous potency out of his practices. When I went to his first class, I was blown away. I knew right away that it's yoga. And it's really interesting because myself, as an average person who really doesn't have a lot of experience and knowledge around the subject of yoga, I just assume that vinyasa that's yoga i don't understand yeah. it's a full 360 degree package that i'm missing out on and, and yeah. the potentiality in understanding the comprehensive teachings of for example sattva yoga so wow that is incredible can you share so i know you spoke about your first experience going to india can you share any other persons who you were with that practiced what their experience was like as well. Mm. Yeah, so, oh, there's so many. <laughs> but maybe I will take one. He's a psychiatrist, actually. Mm-hmm. He's so trained in Western psychiatry. He came to Sattva 
and went through the trainings and realized that if there's anything that can actually help his patients, this is it. Wow. So he was seeing how the medications that he was giving, they could take off some of the symptoms that people were dealing with, but to cure the root cause, something else was needed. And so now he is primarily using Sattva Yoga in the treatment of his patients. So if people have like attention deficit disorder, he has one set of practices. If they have eating disorders, he has a different set of practices. And we already spoke to depression, anxiety, and all these things. So incredible. Yeah. It's a true testament to our body's capabilities that we don't necessarily have to rely on pills or medication to heal ourselves. Oh, yeah. That a lot of these things can come from within. Maybe not always, but it's definitely an approach that I think that a lot of people don't realize that they can have access to. So I think that's incredible. I have loved this conversation so much. I could honestly sit down and talk to you for hours about this. Is there anything else that you <laughs> would love to share? I mean, I think that practicing yoga, it's as I told you, it's definitely one of my goals for this year and next to become more mindful, even more mindful than I already am and start practicing yoga. And now I understand that there's a whole lot more for me to learn mm -hmm. versus just doing breath work or just doing vinyasa. I can really have a holistic approach to it. But please encourage our listeners to join you in this yoga and, and this discovery of self. Please, what can you share with them? Well, I would say the, the most important thing is to start, you know, start somewhere. If vinyasa is what you have in your neighborhood, definitely go to a vinyasa class. It's still amazing, right? You're still allowing for more energy into your body and energy is happiness. So that is step one. To take place whatever you have. And if you find that you have like different things scattered out, like maybe here's a vinyasa class, here's a breathwork class, there's some kirtan happening, here's a meditation course, just like take as much as you can. Now, many people find that they don't have time, right? This is the part of this chronic stress situation that we're right. dealing with. <laughs> but what I will say to that is that yoga always gives more than it takes. When you practice yoga, you are connecting with a much greater intelligence, and this intelligence wants you to succeed. So when you commit in yourself, commitment comes from the third chakra, which we also have practices. If there's an issue with commitment, we can address it, <laughs> and it will definitely help. Let's <laughs> say <laughs> so you commit to doing even just 10 minutes per day or 15 minutes right you can find so much content online there's no shortage and you carve out that time from your busy day you will find that this time becomes more and more easy to access not only that suddenly you find that oh actually i thought i had 10 but it looks like i have 15 and actually after a couple of weeks it looks like i have 20 minutes so mm -hmm. you will see that yoga creates space for more yoga because right. it wants it for you and the other thing is, if you look at how much time is spent watching TV, scrolling on social media, we can always carve out more time. Those activities take us to a lower, a more dense state of consciousness. It is not happening that someone gets up after watching the news and they say, oh, I feel amazing. <laughs> right? Yes, that is very true. <laughs> if instead we dedicate our time into things that makes us feel amazing, then it creates in us this hunger for more. It's like we're tasting nectar and it creates hunger for more. So there will be time. If there is commitment, there will be time to practice. And there's also like, some people like to read. There's yogic scripture. There is a book called Bhagavad Gita and it means the song of God because everything is so beautiful in this yeah. practice. 
And this is the conversation between Krishna, uh, which is God personified, and his student Arjuna. And it's really the foundational book of yoga. And it mm-hmm. addresses all of the questions that we have about the soul and our purpose and like, why are we here? Why do we exist? What do we need to do? What do we need to not do? Like everything is kind of presented in an easily digestible conversational format. And it is also one of these gems that helps increase our trust. Because when we're coming from living a life in fear into living a life in trust, we address like the physical body, the life force body, the mental, emotional body, and the scripture, like these texts, they address our intellect directly. So when I practice and I see I become happy and then I read a book that explains exactly how that works, suddenly now I have two things pointing at the same things, reinforcing my neural connections in my brain. And so transformation can happen faster. Right. So the more the merrier, I will definitely say. That's incredible. (laughs) Incredible. Lila, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Please let our listeners know where they can find you, how they can contact you if they have any questions, please share with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm on social media. They can contact me there. Instagram, I am at Laila Leonida. I also have a company called Soul Space Journeys, Soul Space Journeys, which is more directed at creating retreat experiences and also teaching communication practices towards the same goal. I also teach yoga directly to people. So obviously I teach yoga wherever I go and I have packages. So I have a package for the chakra system with one class per chakra. If you have this package, you have everything you need to address all of your concerns. (laughs) I also have a package for each day of the week. If you want to kind of just move through some days of like subtle practices, more heart centered practices, other days we need more intensity. So you can choose yourself like which day to do which practice, but there's like a nice mix of different intensity levels. So yeah, reach out to me on social media for any of my yoga classes. And nice. I highly recommend this. <laughs> After this conversation, I highly recommend it. <laughs> so we'll share information so that it's easy for our viewers and listeners to find. Lila, thank you again. This has really been incredible, a really educational experience for me. And I'm sure for all of our viewers and listeners. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Pure Pod. We will be back next week with another episode with another amazing guest. As usual, we'll be talking about clean beauty, wellness, health, anything that is going to make your life better. We will be chatting about it. Thank you guys for tuning in and we'll be back. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Pure Pod. If you enjoyed listening, please like, subscribe, and drop us a review. I'd love to hear from you guys. Until next time.